here I am. Joseph Gordon Joseph. This is my FM voice. I don't know why, but every time at the at the beginning of these episodes when we st- when we start testing, I turn into this and I'm saying, oh, "Okay, here's my pen. You know what? I'm already." I would love some tortellini soup. I would. Do you know my 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 tradition waiter? My traditionally <laughs> cold gazpacho is cold. Mm. Matt, hey Matt. Hey, Matt, Matt, what what kind of cake you think that is? Hey, Matt. Okay. If I would have known it was going to be so this simple, I wouldn't have eaten all them screams. Now I got a bellyache. <laughs> Joe. <clears throat> Joseph. Hey, Joe. Is, is Joe short for Joseph? It is. I love that. What's your middle name? My middle name is Kevin. Oh, I knew that. I, I love that I it's that. a first name. Yeah. I've never heard Kevin as a middle name before. Well, I feel like I sort of got robbed with middle names because my I was named after my uncle, and I'm the second. So it's like Nick, and so it's Nick Richard, then Joseph Kevin. Okay. And then my youngest brother, Kevin. Yeah. Oh. oh. I see. It was like he was born later, and then they were like, well, we should name our... Sl- like youngest son after my dad's brother, yeah. yeah, and so now he has that name, and I have this that. is like a Da Vinci Code style crypt text. Yeah, like you and the way I you share middle it. name origins because my middle name is Leanne. Mm-hmm. My um two my mother's two sisters are Carol Ann and Dana Lee. Oh yeah, so I'm Leanne. Mm-hmm. So I'm named after my my aunts or aunts as well. Yeah. Okay. How yeah. choose to pronounce that. Well, yeah. that's fantastic. <clears throat> Getting down to brass tacks. Should we? Welcome to Carry On. Welcome to episode 21. It's we're great we're to of be legal here. drinking age now. We're sipping on two buck chuck. Yeah. Which is two fifty now. Mm. Mm. Two forty nine. Here's my get question. it right or pay the price. Okay, so you know inflation yeah. is a thing. I've always wondered, like, with the dollar store. Yeah. yeah. How does that work? Well, right now, the 99 cent store, if you go and look, yeah. teeny, teeny, tiny on all the Plus. shelves, it says $99.99. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they've increased it from 99 cents to mm-hmm. 99.99 mm. in real fine print. So that... what happens when it goes up an extra t- tenth that, of a tenth, percent of, of a penny? Math. I don't know. I haven't been. I've been meaning to go to the dollar store. Well, I saw a photo on the internet the other day that there are Halloween de- um, decorations already happening, oh. which is normal for the 99 really? cent store, which is why I need to go right now. When- <laughs> um, <laughs> so, welcome to Carry On. Yeah. You should introduce ourselves, yeah. uh, please. I'm Kat Knipe. Um, I'm Alec Wells. I'm a five whisk woman. Oh boy! Oh, and with us in. this evening for the very first time. For the very first time, my name is Joe Gillette. That's right, Joseph. Welcome yeah. everyone. Gillette, Welcome Joe. Joe, it, for 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 fans of Carry On who love love Matthew and Daniel, who are repeat offenders on this show, you'll be happy to know Joe is is just in the fold. He's one of our just dearest friends. So he's Matthew and Daniel approved. Yes. So before you get all defensive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And go like, what's happening? Just know, like Joe's I'm on excited. the up and up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, exci- I'm beyond. I've, we've been trying to get Joe on for a long time, and right yeah. now we are. Ha- we just got done with Joe watching season two, episode nine of Sex and the City, which mm-hmm. puts us halfway through season two. Yes, now which is crazy. Okay, uh, it's nice having you on for the first time because what we like to ask, and I have no idea. Uh-huh. I haven't asked you this before. Yeah, 
What was your introduction to Sex in the City? Like, how did you find it? How old were you? Where were you? When were you? I think my introduction to it was a sort of peripheral awareness mm-hmm. via the women in my life. Okay. Um, starting, I want to say, um, probably my junior year of high school. Okay. Ooh. Um, so that would have been 2003. So it was on the air at yeah, the time. it was. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I was just sort of aware of it. I didn't grow up with HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, we were big TV watchers and, yeah. um, and movie fans, but so I was fully aware and, you know, at award shows or the Emmys or the Golden Globes or whatever, you right. sort of hear it and... And, um, but yeah, it was at the time I was, it was my high school girlfriend and, um, she, I remember her and her sisters talking about it Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I don't think I really sat down and watched an episode until I was in college. Okay. And how did that happen? It was a little get together of theater folks Mm -hmm. and it was my freshman year and I think some of the girls were just like, oh, and we're going to be watching Sex in the City. <laughs> yeah. Now I've come to realize that that is a, a fairly common yeah. occurrence. Mm-hmm. Sure. And have since had several evenings with Daniel Matthew yeah. and our other friend Bree mm-hmm. um, where that has been the event. Yes. It's like, yeah. well, we're going to meet at this house and, and then we're going to watch as many and, episodes as we can. Right. And have have you seen the whole lot of them or have you seen just various episodes here and there? Various episodes here and there. Um, I had seen the episode we just watched. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Realizing five minutes in that I, okay, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's they've been sporadic, but I can kind of piece together, mm-hmm. like, storyline and Got when it. characters come in and out. Do right. you kind of know the grand, I guess, mythology of yes. it? Where it goes? Have you seen the movies? I have. Okay. Oh. I have. All right. So. Abu Dhabi do. Yeah. That was a treat. Yeah. <laughs> that was a treat. Yeah. So, okay, so it's high school. You kind of have a periphery understanding of where, kind of where it sits in pop culture. Yeah. But it's not until college, really, yeah. that you kind of begin actually watching Have you episodes. watched enough to... To, to have a favorite episode or a favorite character or both I don't know that I have a favorite episode um, but I would I don't know I mean I, to be honest I'm I'm a really big fan of Sarah Jessica Parker yeah uh-huh. and I have been As since like Footloose mm-hmm. sure yeah. and I just what about um, Flight of the Navigator do oh, you yeah. remember her in that of course oh she was everything with her purple hair yeah and I just have I've always and Hocus Pocus obviously but uh-huh. I just have always been a fan of hers and so I think for me um, obviously being the lead of the show but for me like just the way she is, her behavior, the way she says things and words things, her sense of humor is kind mm-hmm. of my way into. Do you the follow show her on anyway. Instagram? I don't. Should I? Oh yes, I just realized. Oh, I, I mean, I yes, I just Instagram. realized like two weeks know. ago she's on Instagram. She posts quite frequently, and she's just oh, a dream. Wow. Yeah, but okay. yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, what whatever. Like we all know, we love we love Sarah Jessica Parker. She's mm-hmm. so nuanced, and if you listen to her talk, she says she's absolutely nothing like Carrie. Oh, interesting. In real life. I guess she's trying to separate herself from some of Carrie's, like, not-so-great qualities, but um, I find it really hard to believe that she could... I mean, maybe she's just... I know she's a fantastic actress, but I'm like, how how could you portray some of these these really deep, dark nuances without knowing that? How? I'm going to say two things to that. One is uh, there was, like, you know, on Facebook... Somebody had linked to a BuzzFeed article that said, like, 10 
of the most unlikable protagonists on TV. And the picture was of Sarah Jessica Parker as Carrie Bradshaw. Now, I didn't click on it because I don't fall for that. (laughs) I'm trying a new thing in my life where I don't just look at terrible lists. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, that is interesting that people... I mean, we've had this discussion a little bit before, but that to some people, Carrie is a very... Maybe very is too strong, but she's an can be an unlikable. No, person I don't think very is too strong. I think a lot of people hate Carrie. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so that stupid BuzzFeed article is is an example of that. But the second thing is, you were saying that Sarah Jessica Parker likes to separate herself from Carrie. Yeah, here's the and and you guys are both actors, so I, I feel like you indelibly understand this, but. No matter how different you are from a character, you can't help but bring yourself into that portrayal because it is you at the end of the day and it's your physicality and it's your tics and, you know, no matter how you try to separate yourself from the syntax or whatever, it's, yeah. you still come through yeah. in it. Sure. And I think the thing is, um, as far as her being an unlikable character, is that there are certain actors and certain people who just ooze charisma. It's like that it factor that people talk about. Sarah Jessica Parker has that in spades. Oh, God, She's just so likable and fun to watch on screen. You just want to watch her walk. Have you seen her comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Oh, my God. I think we all emailed about that. She's She's so fun, and those people can take what on the page might be like a really unlikable character and make them likable, i.e. what we were talking about earlier tonight, World's End. Mm -hmm. Like the Simon Pegg movie. Simon Pegg plays a character who I feel like if you just read that script... Yeah. Having no idea who was going to portray it, you'd be like, what an asshole that character is. Yeah. But his he is He's so, so charming and likable that you can't help but love it. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm going to the toilet. Well, then so am I. Gary, you are out of your mind. What are you talking about? You gave me the sign. Uh, what sign? You went to the toilet. Gary, are you serious? I haven't seen you in 20 years. Do you really think I'm going to have sex with you in the ladies' toilet? Well, the disabled is out of order. Part of the reason some people might dislike Carrie is because we tend to become annoyed psychologically with the things that we see in other people that we recognize are not great things about ourselves. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, there are definitely things that Carrie does and traits she has that I recognize and I go, oh, I, and I can I can look at that and go, she's a great actress because that's real. Well, how do I know it's real? Because yeah. I've either seen it or I've been it. Right. And uh, as much as we don't want to admit that stuff. Yeah. To uh, me, th- um, that is a great transition into this episode specifically. Yeah. Old Dog's New Dicks. Can I tell you something crazy? Yeah, sure. Old Dog's New Dicks aired August 1st. No. 1999. No it's way. We didn't, we didn't plan this, no, you guys. It's August 1st as we're recording this. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That is so this episode aired 15 years ago uh, to the day. Kismet. Just so you know. That's really crazy. The reason I even know the word kismet is because Kat and I <laughs> fell in love with this flat-faced cat <laughs> that used to live on my old street. Named and its kismet. name was Kismet. <laughs> But so, Old Dog's New Dicks, to me, is a perfect example of what we were just talking about, which is somewhat unlikable traits 
through the prism of a person who's charming, and that person is big. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just going to dive right in if that's okay. Can yeah. I just set us up with uh, yeah. number one? It was directed by Alan Taylor, who directed Thor: The Dark World. Is that yeah. right? Directed this episode of Sex and the yeah. City. I just could feel PS. that. Yes. Wow. I that's why his that. name looked familiar to me. That yeah. is who directed it, and um, uh, Darren Star. Darren Star wrote this episode. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. and and Jenny Bix. Who uh, ardent listeners of Carry On will remember followed us on Twitter for about two hours <laughs> and then realized it was an accident and unfollowed <laughs> oh, Carry On podcast. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> shout out to Jenny Pitt. So, unlikable characteristics and a likable character. Let's talk a little bit about the Big and Carrie storyline. Yeah. Which um, Big has a tendency, uh, in this episode at least, to have a wandering eye. So, mm-hmm. Carrie. And Big are out at dinner, and he's kind of looking at the other women as he passes by. But the specific moment I want to talk about here is that um, he's smoking a cigar, and the waitress comes over and she says, I'm sorry, so you can't smoke that cigar. Excuse me, you can't smoke that in here. Really? You're absolutely positively sure about that? Because I checked the zoning on this particular table. And I'm pretty sure this table's in a cigar-friendly zone. Well, I don't mind, but it's for the other patrons. You mean if those five patrons don't mind, it's okay with you? Sir, I'm gonna have to... Just one second. Excuse me. This is my last day on Earth. I'm being executed tomorrow morning. Um, that's my parole officer there. Would you mind terribly if I smoke this, ladies? No. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Would it be okay if I smoke this? And please, let me preface this by saying I'd like to buy everybody a round of drinks. Apparently, the other patrons aren't bothered at all. I didn't have the guts to tell Big that he was actually kind of bothering me. Well, it's not like they're going to tell you the truth. No one's going to say to your face they hate your cigar. Good. You are very arrogant. I thought that's what you liked about me. Now, that is a dick move. I feel like, like if 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 a restaurant has a rule, and yeah. the rule is please don't smoke inside the restaurant, just follow the rule. Like how hard smoke is it to outside. follow the rule? One hundred percent. And it's like, come on, you d bag, just yeah. like. But on but, paper, d bag. Yes, mm-hmm. on paper, that's a d bag move. Through the performance of Chris Noth. And just the way he handles and kind of winks, and he's so charming and good looking, and you know, just like, I like what a guy. Do you need to tell me something? I want him. I know you do. You know this. Already. I I want to I want to ask both of you, yeah. being being dicks, yeah, having them dicks, yes, mm-hmm. and being mostly heterosexual, yeah, because sure. we so all know that everything exists. It's on a, a spectrum. spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Do you like? Are you like uh, every time a woman walks down the street? Like, can you not control yourself? Because this, this is episode, a complicated issue. I'm gonna let you say. There's such a theme in the first, episode right. about like, well, you know, you can't change a man. It's in their DNA. Right, says right. Sam. Like, what? I mean, you know, it's, talk. It's, Has this ever been a problem for okay, you? If you it, had girls, Joe, be like, over here, look at me, my face is up here. No, I mean, you, here's the thing. It's very, it's very complicated. But I will say that. I remember my more innocent self, mm. and I remember being in high school and being head over heels in love with a girl, and I remember being with my two best guy friends, 
And then, apparently, we walked past an attractive woman. Mm -hmm. And they commented on it as we passed. And they sort of said, like, Joe, like, did you see that girl? And I remember (laughs) saying something to the effect of, like, I I don't care. Like, I don't care about other people. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... I found myself not looking at other girls. Yeah. That being said... That was a very innocent time. You were with a girl at the time. I was, and you were just like so. You were just perfect. It was like first love. You were in the like whole she's thing. the only one hundred percent person in my mm-hmm. entire. There's nothing. Yeah. No but, one else. But then you know you grow up, and I think you, um, you meet new people, and you have new experiences, and your eyes are opened, and and <laughs> I think <laughs> okay, I, and I think you know at that point I hadn't really. Experienced Experienced a lot in my life. And you didn't know how good it could be. <laughs> and I think, but I'm grateful for that. Shout out to Joe's <laughs> first love of his life. Yeah. Uh, shout out to. We all yeah. know how that goes. Uh, so, but I, I will say that I think, um, I think there's like a, I don't know. I feel like there's a time and a place. I don't, I don't know. I think sometimes you can, you can get away with like appreciating how beautiful someone is from afar, and other times if you're right there standing with someone that you also are supposed to be appreciating and yeah. maybe it's not an appreciate time. I don't know. I, I think it, it, I think it comes down to, I guess everyone's different. I mean, I appreciate aesthetic. Women are beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate women aesthetically. Yeah. Like if I see a girl who looks great, I will, I will not stare if it's going to be obvious that I'm staring, but right. if I can get away with staring, I just want to look and see what she, mm-hmm. how, what she did to I'm put all that together. Yeah. Like workouts, yep. clothes, Shoes, mm-hmm. swagger. Mm-hmm. It's weird. This there, there's a very fine line between appreciation and objectification. Yeah. Yes. And I think that sometimes, as a man specifically, it's it's like, well, you're not going to believe me if I tell you that I just was like, wow, you are yeah. so beautiful. Right. Instead, it's like, quit staring at me or whatever. And so yeah. the tendency is to just you know look quickly and then walk away. I think that this issue is like Inception. In the way that there are like nine levels yes. to it, and oh, you God. go deeper yeah. and deeper. I know both of you have so, said this is very complicated. It, it is what complicated you, because I'll, I'll explain why. Yeah. I'll explain why, which is that I, I, I appreciate beauty and yeah. beautiful women, and um, you know, I, I think I think beautiful women are amazing on many levels. I'll come back to that. We're not going to go there <laughs> yet. Mm-hmm. First of all. There's the objectification of the beauty. Yeah. Then there's the yes, all women of yes. it, which is a woman should not be judged for what she looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's awful when it's the first thing that you notice. Yeah. And like if I'm in a workplace scenario, let's say, and a person, a colleague I work with, with is a woman and she looks really nice that day. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed other people say like, Oh wow, you look really nice today. And then I have the thought, like, if that was a man who looked especially nice, whatever that is today, then would would another man comment to that man, "You look really nice today"? I think both of the men in the room I'm in would. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, but I might, I might. not probably most men. Yeah. Just like, cause, I don't know. And I was gonna say to 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 not leave the men out, like. When I, as a heterosexual man, yeah. I see an attractive man, and I appreciate it in the same way. Oh yes, way. Alec does there, the same thing. There's a, there's a, there, of course, there's always going to be some 
some appreciation mixed with like a, with envy with like mm-hmm. wow he's really got it together or like yeah. I can't pull that off or, yeah. or I love that same kind of thing there's uh, Alec it goes will both patrol ways. the internet and look at like male fashion oh, yeah, like he goes on male that. fashion advice on Reddit yeah. and he's just like look at oh my god look at hit, like oh I wish I could pull that off yeah. Like, yeah no there are men who are I mean my man crush one of my many man crushes is yeah. David Duchovny I'm oh, like yeah. David Duchovny is a very good looking man mm-hmm. and anything that he gets he deserves and and I think in some ways I objectify him <laughs> like I might objectify yeah. a woman yeah. sure um but I do find myself having to check myself about objectifying mm-hmm. women because yeah. I do a lot of times and this is me just giving you the real tea yeah um as RuPaul would say <laughs> In that the first thing I'll notice about a woman is what she looks like. Yeah. And I will, like, kind of a little bit base my interactions yeah. off of that. Oh, God. And then be like, wait a minute. This is the real wait tea. A yeah, yeah, it's real. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. But I think... But, I'm proud of you. But here's the thing, is that that's true of anybody. Oh, absolutely. That's not true of me. That's true of anybody. Studies will show that people who are more attractive get further Official medical studies will show. Yeah, and, oh, and am yeah. I saying that that's fair? No, no it's but not. you know what? Life isn't fair. No. <laughs> I would say on the, on the hashtag yes all women front, this doesn't happen to me often, so this is not me humble bragging. This happens to me once every five years. But I, I, I have and did, like a month ago, have a guy come up to me at my job it's a I'm in a, at the job I'm at it's a public setting like I'm outside I'm talking yeah. to people and I could feel it cut, like the guy was being very friendly and nice but not in not at any moment was it weird because he was just being nice and friendly but I could feel the the ask out coming and he did and I you know he it was so straight he was just like I you know I'd love to would you like to go to dinner sometime and it was very straightforward and I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I have a boyfriend. I'm very committed. But please always do what you're doing. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. you are, you know, like, I, right please mm-hmm. do, please continue to treat women this way. Yeah. So I will say there's a way to do it. Yeah. But see, this is But why... it's like, how do you, but, but then there are women who wouldn't react the way no. I did. So, okay. Yeah. I guess that's fair. And, and I'll say this too, again, further complicating this issue we are supposed to objectify people that we want to sleep with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a biological. You want to be objectified by the person you have. want. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. want. Like I mean, like uh, if right. I didn't, if I didn't um, objectify in some sense somebody that I'm interested, in, nothing would ever happen <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, we can't forget that aspect of this as yeah. well, which is like, I mean, there's there's kind of a, a thing. Like, you know, going around the internet right now that's like two guys could say the exact same thing to a a particular woman Mm -hmm. and she'll take it completely differently based on what the guy looks like. Like, if he's attractive, it's like, oh my God, you're hitting on me. And if he's not, it's like, oh my God, you creep. Like, get out of my face. It's directly proportional to how interested you are in the person. How you're going to handle what they do. And again, I say that this... This is this is why this is a complicated issue and why life is not fair and people who are extremely attractive or moderately attractive wherever on the spectrum 
are going to be more lucky than others when it comes to this shit. And mm-hmm. let's just be real about yeah. that and not sugarcoat Joe, it. Joe, mm-hmm. do you think Big was being... Back to the... Let's yeah. just get to... I mean, oh, I right. appreciate... This is the Sex in the right. City podcast. <laughs> I appreciate all this yeah. tea. Um, however, I do want to get us back on yeah. track. Yeah. Do you think... Big, you know, there's like it's. I think it's in the opening of the episode where mm-hmm. he like looks at and Carrie's like mm, men looking at women. Yeah. Do you think he was being rude or obvious in his checking outedness? I don't think he was like. <sighs> my my instinct right when it was happening in the very beginning was if I'm Carrie, and it was, and they're in the relationship that they're in. It, her confronting him about it would have happened much sooner. Hmm. Like it, it's so easy to throw out just a little comment his way, like "Hey, you know what I mean?" And then, yeah. and then it's maybe, easy if you're not Carrie Brad. Exactly. So I, Ugh. so that part of me wanted to like jump through the screen and just be like, "It's so just don't make it a thing. Just make a comment about it, and maybe he doesn't even realize that he's doing it. Now, yeah. if now if it's something that's a repeat problem, like she says it is, I feel like. Where where is it? Where is it coming from for her? Does she really think that he's interested in other people? Because if he if he's not interested in other people and he's just looking at passersby, then I chalk it up as a non-issue. Right. Yes, but if it's he has a wandering eye and that tells me that he's gonna cheat on me or that makes me feel really insecure about where we are and I need to talk about that, mm-hmm. then I understand, but... Yeah, I think Carrie looks for problems. I mean, she tends... It's kind of like... she She'll speak in sound bites, and, and you hear the recurring theme of this episode, like, you can't change a man. Mm-hmm. She said... Sam Jones says yeah. it to Carrie. Carrie says it later to Big. She's like, I know you can't change a man, and you definitely can't change a man like you. It's like she's just spouting things she's heard, yeah. and she's living in, like... Uh, she's living in isms yeah. and phrases and and adages if you will but yeah. she's not just looking big yeah well i think and saying what yeah i think that bothers to me. joe's point that this what's going on with carrie is more of a carry problem than a big problem like kids carries insecurity mm-hmm. that is worrying her about bigs like wandering eye if right. you can even call it that right it, you know again as rupaul says if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love anybody can i else? get an amen what are you gonna do arrest me for smoking because my pussy's on fire That's and true. And I think she's just insecure in this sense, and she needs to let it go. I mean, like, to use myself as an example, like, when Kat and I go to restaurants, it's not looking at other women, or if we're out in public or something, I just, like, I can't help it. I no, just he's look like at that things, dog from like, Up. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just I'm look at shit. It's like, really distracting. When we sit yeah. in restaurants, sometimes I have to face, like, the back of the restaurant yeah. so that I'm not looking at everybody who's coming yeah. in because yeah. I'm just curious. I actually like, can't hold a conversation with them. I'm like, should we switch seats? Or yeah. or if I'm feeling particularly generous, I'll just say, you can face the door because I know you <laughs> like, like to watch a, everybody It's like a little treat in. for me. Yeah. <laughs> in the same way. And I'll just be yeah. patient yeah. about it. So, I mean, Carrie, I think, you know, like, she's just gotta, she's gotta be confident enough in herself and her place. But, look, again, further complicating this issue I think what the writers do in season two better than they did in season one with Big is that I do start to see Big creating problems. Mm. I don't think necessarily in this episode he oh, fully you know, does. Oh, Daniel's but, listening. Yeah, well, I think Daniel might agree with me. I'm going to go ahead and say Daniel's that Daniel's the does. world's biggest Big fan. Oh, he just, so I'm Big can second. do no wrong. Yeah, yeah. but there's well, but I think they're no sewing. Wrong, I think they're they're 
sowing the seeds? Is that a phrase? Reap. Sowing. You sow them, then you reap them. Okay. They're sowing the seeds for further problems by having big saying things like, I like my bed. I like my apartment. Because this is ultimately going to be the problem that breaks them up, is his kind of inability to meet in the middle. Except that he does, though. He does. At the end of the episode. Only after getting punched in the face, though. Yeah, Yeah. but that brings it to light. Yeah. I'm just saying that this is a problem that will come back again, is Big's kind of selfishness. Speaking of coming back again... Please. Um, well... Just, just one, one final question about this storyline, and then okay. I want to—we've got dicks to talk about. We really yeah. do. But um, does there come a point, as Carrie says, does mm-hmm. there come a point in every relationship where the things you loved about the person become huge liabilities? Mm-hmm. That's a statement Carrie makes, ticky ticky, ricky ticky tavi on her on her typewriter. Yeah. Joe, I, you know, I think it depends. I think I'd like to think that the the things you love about somebody become. I don't know, even if even you can comment on them a little bit more, I think there's more of an awareness rather than this <laughs> mm-hmm. ideal person and, and you maybe can't specifically point out the things. Yeah. I can understand like something that you really love about somebody then becoming more apparent and then because you're aware of it, I don't know, maybe And it if you've made a you. commitment to someone, yeah. things that are small suddenly seem huge because you're like, oh, Am I going to spend the next five years with this person? A lifetime? Is this worth yeah. a lifetime? But one thing, I'd put a dollar in the Dan Savage jar, but a phrase that I think we mentioned on the podcast before that really changed my whole world about all of this is price of admission, mm-hmm. which is everyone's going to have a price of admission. There, there. It doesn't matter who it is. There's going to be something about a person who you decide to commit to that's going to drive you crazy or that's going to bother you or that's going to be something you would rather not be a thing. Yeah. But the the question is, is it a price of admission you're willing to pay for, for you know, which, you, you know, know you I have think, to make that decision. What I think is interesting about that is when you, whether it's a friend, that a dear, dear friend or someone you're in a relationship with, if you could have something that that annoys you that they do, what I find interesting is if someone else brings it up, do you defend it? Mm. And if you defend yeah. it, then I think that it's something that you kind of maybe deep yes. down love about. Kind that. of like I can make fun of my kid, but you can't make exactly. fun of my kid. So you, if you come to their defense and you say, "Oh, well, you don't," it's this thing, and that's it something drives me crazy. But yeah. and I love that you included really good friends in that too. Yeah. Bless your heart for that. Because I agree. Like a relationship is a relationship, whether it's a really good friend or a Yeah. So in this episode, would we say the thing that Carrie initially loved but is now finding annoying is Big's arrogance? I would say so, yeah. Okay, because it's sure. the, the scene in the restaurant where he's yeah. convincing people to let him smoke. He's being very arrogant there. And, you know, that that's turned her on and made him mysterious and cool and like, wow, like he walks in a room and he owns the and room. And his independence. Yeah. But yeah. in that instance... I, I found myself sort of relating to her because I would have felt like, come on, like, yeah, really, like it's not charming me right now. Yeah. Like I kind of yeah. just want to have dinner and like you not make this a scene. But to your point about being able to just talk about it, you know, could she have verbalized and said, 100%. "Dude, you're being a dick." Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have. Right. I would have said in that moment, like that's annoying. That's me. a dick move. Yeah. But. Um. So Carrie says to Samantha after this 
um, whole thing goes down. You have to take Vig the way he is. Once you start to try to change a man, it's doomed. They won't budge an inch. Well, I know, but you can subtly manipulate and cajole. Look, I'm not, I'm not looking to change Vig. I'm just looking to subtly manipulate him. And um, I think that was a joke. And cajole. I think it was yeah. a joke, but I mean, there is some truth to that. Yeah. And, and this is why I think... Uh, we we talk about sometimes that the Darren Star episodes frustrate us, and I think Darren Star always plays to Carrie's insecurities, like to kind of like a boiling a rabbit point, like yeah. a little bit <laughs> fatal attraction. Yeah, and you know when she's like, I'm gonna subtly manipulate him, and then you know she's like, we got in a fight and I couldn't sleep and I was staying up and I had to talk to him, and it's like. When it cuts to that shot at the end of the episode when they have their fight where he's asleep on the couch and she comes out with the ice pack and she's like Dripping letting it six. drip on his head. If you had horror music behind that, <laughs> yeah. that would be terrifying. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing oh, standing boy. over me Staring watching me sleep yeah. with an ice pack dripping on my face? Yeah. Yeah. And it's fine and it's endearing because it's her ultimately. Yeah. But just there's like 5% different and it becomes creepy. Totally. And <laughs> I just I feel like the Darren Star episodes of the show always like almost dip into like territory that I don't think that he was trying to go for. But I think that if a writer like can't help, but only write versions of himself, maybe he's boiling a rabbit with whoever he's in a relationship with. Um, all right. So it's time to get to the really important thing about this episode, Mm -hmm. which is dicks Dicks. and circumcised Mm -hmm. dicks and uncircumcised dicks. So, Charlotte, mm-hmm. who Dick. many know as the prude mm-hmm. of the show, though, was it Daniel? Pointed no, out. No, I think it was Matthew. Matthew, who pointed out yeah. that she sleeps just, with so many people and she's actually. She always has a new totes person. promiscuous. Yeah. Totes. Um, and so, in this episode, she's dating a gentleman that she really likes. He's a food critic who gives five whisk reviews for really good <laughs> restaurants. His name is Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> Thanks for barking that name Mike at us. <laughs> has an uncircumcised whisk. Mike yes, is, right. a, is a Sharpay. That night, in a bed across town, Charlotte was seeing a lot of Mike, a cute but feared restaurant critic, famous for his patented five whisk rating system. Mike. Let's make love. Charlotte, you are a five-whisk woman. But just when Charlotte had become comfortable with the penis, she got a very unexpected surprise. Oh, you're... It's... Uncircumcised. Is that okay? No. Sure. Of course it is. (laughs) It was not okay. (laughs) The only uncut version of anything Charlotte had ever seen was the original Gone with the Wind. There was so much skin, it was like a Sharpay. You've never seen an uncircumcised one? I'm from Connecticut. Reminder, you're dating the guy, not the penis. Aesthetics are important to me. It's not what it looks like, it's what they can do with it. Well, I don't need one that can make its own carrying case. (laughs) Personally, I love an uncircumcised dick. It's like a Tootsie Pop. Hard on the outside, with a delicious surprise inside. I don't like surprises. I like it all out there where I can see it. Shame here. 
I'm sorry, it is not normal. Well, actually, it is. Something like 85% of men aren't circumcised. Great, now they're taking over the world. Honey, it's a penis, not Godzilla. Hey, if 85% aren't circumcised, that means I've only slept with 15% of the population tops. Wow, you're practically a virgin. You know, he's a nice, waspy guy. What went wrong? Well, maybe his parents were hippies and they just didn't believe in it. I am so circumcising my kids. I think you can pay people to do that now. <laughs> I don't ever want to know there's a woman out there calling my son a Sharpay. All I'm saying is uncut men are the best. They try harder. I should know. I've slept with five of them. Out of how many? Infinity. Yeah, yeah he's a Sharpay. He's a Tootsie Pop, <laughs> according oh, to Samantha, which makes no sense. That no, it doesn't make terrible sense. Analogy. Hard outside. Hard on the outside. <laughs> she says, it's like a Tootsie Pop. Hard on the outside with a delicious surprise in the middle. I thought, well, that's both. It doesn't actually make any sense because, okay, if we're talking really about circumc- uncircumcised penises, if, if it's hard... First of yeah. all, it's not going to be hard on the outside. No, no, no. But if it's hard, then there's no place for a surprise to come from because all of that has rolled back. Yeah. So that none of which like is. A I mean, really this is, this is putting a really fine point. Nobody yeah. just really does, it didn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. So, so Charlotte's with Mike, the restaurant guy. She pulls open the zipper. She sees the uncircumcised penis. She doesn't know if she can deal with. She it. She says, yeah. "You're, it's." How awkward is that? Yeah. Very awkward. That is yeah. such a, an incredibly... How ungenerous a lover yeah. she is. Yeah. I, I would not... I, I don't know how you would say that to anybody. Like yeah. how... Like yeah. In the unfortunately moment. Yeah. To, unfortunately, there's a running theme. Um, when I say put a dollar in the Dan Savage star, Joe, it's because we, I one or both of us always brings up Dan Savage. I'm a fan of Dan Savage. Okay. Great. So on Savage Love, a lot of times like people will call in, and there, I remember one time there was a girl who said that she noticed something... The guy's dick smelled, or she noticed something on it, but she sucked it anyway. Okay. And Dan, what like sucked he kept, it anyway? He kept talking about <laughs> like he made jokes about Tunes that. Thing. Yeah, about like how are you fucking crazy? Like mm. you don't know what was on that dick, yeah. but you know like. There are many people who have called in with things like this. I just went ahead with it. I wasn't sure, and he's like, "What the fuck are you thinking?" But there is um a more a more tactful way to 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 express surprise or concern about something you're seeing that you don't understand or you're confused about or you or squicks you out about Mm -hmm. not your that was not diplomatic at all is is that okay no i mean it's fine he handled it like a champ because like as you find out mike has his whole life dealt with women who have seen his uncircumcised penis and, you know, I guess had a similar reaction. Yeah. Now, um... Poor guy. I've read, um... I, I, again, real tea, I'm circumcised. That's my real tea. So, um, <laughs> I, I... Did you hear that? I don't know what it's yeah. like to have an uncircumcised penis. Yeah. I've read that removing the foreskin does remove some sensation. I've heard similar. Um, which I mean, thank God, because it's already I tough know. enough for me. I wouldn't be able is. to. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh um, my God! But, I'm in a cute sandwich yeah. right now. But uh, 
I do feel like at this point, I'm like a little angry. Like, well, yeah. I wish I had the option at least. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would have chosen to get circumcised yeah. anyway, but I wish I, I didn't have a choice in no. this matter. And I mean, this is, this is what's interesting, I think, about living in 2014. And wow, can I tell the difference between when this episode came out and if they had done this today, I feel like this episode almost would not have worked because, yeah. because of the internet, because how more open people are about sexuality and sex, that an uncircumcised penis now it doesn't seem like that strange of a thing. And there's no. a whole movement of like, don't circumcise your kids. Yeah. There's no reason like, behind it. The literally no reason. reason to actually yeah. no reason to do the it. mythology yeah. of like, well, it's dirty and it decays. No, you just have it's to clean like, it. Just made up. Like yep. it's not even a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, people I, still do it just because that's what is no- like, well, Miranda says I, I'm definitely doing it because to my kids, because I wouldn't want some girl calling my son a Sharpe. Yeah. yeah. The concern of which I can understand. Which I think that's a, that's like, a lot of the concern now. Oh, in the locker yeah, room, like, it. oh, mm-hmm. what's your, you know, yeah. ooh. But, like, you can be born with so many other things that make kids point and stare. Like, that shit's gonna happen. There, You can't actually control that. Yeah. And is that a reason to cut off a piece of your son's dick right. without asking him? Yeah. yeah. Couldn't, oh even God. when I was a baby, they should have asked. Yeah. They yeah. should have asked yeah. me. Alec? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, no, I would have said no, I think. But, um, but so, by the way, Alec, I just wanted to point out I don't know if you noticed, but Mike, the actor who played Mike, Mm -hmm. fits right in with your theory about the guest stars on this show, which is all of them are like. I mean, he was pretty cute, but like, who's cuter than have most. receding they're like a, hairlines? They're like a six or a seven. Yeah, his he had hair, like he had a five head. His hair was yeah. backing it up, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh god, it's exactly what Alec always does. Yeah, I mean, so. I'd like to think of like the you know they cho- they're choosing from a pool of like great theater actors yeah, in New yeah, York. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, nothing against these guys at all. I'm just saying that. No, if you they know, was, I mean, but if the show was shot now, yeah, every, it'd be like the, Vampire Diaries. Yeah, every dudes. person would be like a ten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. hate that. It's actually a pet peeve of mine. Um, Well, that's what I always loved about X-Files, is they always cast really real-looking people, and it made it scarier, and it made it more real, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, But, anywho, back to We can't talk about David Duchovny's penis, okay, Alex? Until season six, when he's on, the episode Boy Interrupted. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, But, um, anywho, um, so, yes, the circumcision thing. So, anyway, in 2014, I feel like it'd kind of be a non-issue. Yeah. Um, So Charlotte, So, Charlotte's like... Like really grossed out by this idea, and there's like a whole like a topic of conversation that any uncircumcised guy would just probably be so embarrassed to be watching with a. Can you imagine in 1999 you're dating a woman? Oh. She's like, let's watch Sex in the City. You have an uncircumcised penis. She hasn't seen you, it she yet. Hasn't seen she it. hasn't seen it yet. This whole conversation's happening. You want to kill yourself? And and the girl. Let's say the girl's sitting there laughing really hard at the yeah, sharp she's like, thing, and she's like, gross. Ew. And you're like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna see myself out. Yeah, it's almost like there wasn't enough of a defense of the no, uncircumcised penis. No. If Samantha's defending it, you have a problem. Yeah, exactly. Because that means it's like way out, yeah. tangential, so weird yeah. fetish shit. Yeah. So, and even she's kind of fetishizing it yeah. a little. She's like, I slept with five of them. Yeah. yeah. She's like, it's skin nobody sees. I'm so excited. Um, By the so, way, I know you're. It, this is the weirdest thing, but somehow I went down a rabbit hole on the internet. Uh, not too long ago, 
And I think it was probably on Reddit because that's where I spend my time. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy who posted imagery of his his adult circumcision. Oh. Um, not not oh. not obviously the operation itself, but he showed the before. Yeah. And then he showed like he would take photos as the weeks went on to show so what it looked like right after and how mm-hmm. it was healing and yeah. explaining like his pain levels and stuff, just so people who are considering it could or who are just interested could see and understand and hear his story and decide if they wanted to do I it. Will. And it was fascinating because it gave me a really cuz yeah. I'll be honest like before that point I was like okay if you cut off the skin like where does you just this gaping like and then I could see where they sew it back on mm-hmm. and how that looks and I was like oh it makes more it just makes more sense if you're interested that stuff's on I the will never look at yeah, that. Yeah cuz I know for <laughs> Certain that I would never become erect again. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts every part of my body just thinking about yeah. that. Well, I guess for me, I'm just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Oh, no. Oof. Um, that's why I can't see the movie Teeth because it's oh, like yeah. the visceral, like, oh, you just yeah. feel yeah. it. I, anything in the groinular area. Were his reasons groinular. aesthetic? Like, was it um, like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore, just like Mike? Yeah. Hmm. It, I believe as an it adult was. man, mm-hmm. that's so crazy. He must have had just felt really very different. In fact, actually, I I I, I want to say I think he had abnormally long foreskin as well. Like okay. his his foreskin was a little longer than normal, sort and of it normally okay. bothered. Not like ten feet long, yeah. But you know, I like to. He just that and though. he just decided he wanted to. You know. It had been bothering him. Well, you know how, like, if you have gum recession, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes they take skin from other parts of the body? Yeah. I wonder if you could take it from the penis. (laughs) Shit just got really weird. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. The the miracles of modern technology and science. In 2014, you could have penis gums. (laughs) (laughs) I know a couple of guys who've had penis gums, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, shout out Um, to penis gums. Now, um, but, so the guy decides to do this, and Charlotte is thrilled, because it's like a way a guy is showing commitment to her, and that's what really gets her her pussy popping. Yeah. So... I love the final twist of this episode. Yeah, so So, he, they have dirty... yeah, so he really gets his he gets sex. circumcised, and they do it, and she thinks his penis is perfect, and he ultimately says, "What are we doing says, Saturday night?" Uh, you know, I'm busy Saturday because I want to go out and try my new penis out. Yeah, um, which is awesome. Who can blame him? Actually? I also think it's I'm really funny that um, he's like, you know, this makes me a virgin. Yeah, and that I really turns that Charlotte touch. on. Yeah. I just I yeah, yeah she's like, like, I'll be gentle. Yeah. Oh my god, really Charlotte cute. will will hop on some kink. If she really cares about the guy, which takes a date or two. Yeah. yeah. Once she gets into it. I kind of loved how how understanding and communicative that conversation was <laughs> for what yeah. was actually being said. Like, yeah. he was essentially saying, I'm not interested in just being with you. You're not yeah. enough for me. Yeah. I want to go test out this new ride. <laughs> and she kind of was just like, okay, I'm going to go back yeah. to bed. I, yeah, I love how, um, I love in that moment how... She's <laughs> she just turned like what happened next? No, I don't. Yeah. I really want to know. She turns Did around in the bed sleep? like uncomfortably. Yeah, and, it's and like, she was okay, giving that well. great Kristen Davis face that we all just yeah. giggled. Yeah, because yeah. she's so great. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Miranda storyline because yeah. Samantha. We'll get to Samantha. She doesn't really have one, but yeah. so Miranda in the last episode we saw this fantastic. 
um, Steve and Miranda getting together. He's the bartender. She's the lawyer. They yeah. don't belong together. I don't know how much you know about Steve, happens. but the one right before this is when they've just That was they their, just that was their introduction and getting oh, wow. together. So this is us seeing them Second in a relationship for the ever. first time. Wow, they yeah. move fast, and seemingly. They, they do. do. While Samantha and I discussed the theory of change, Miranda was going through it for real. She had a new apartment, a new boyfriend, and a new dating schedule that was killing her. So how was your night? I don't know. I was asleep. I'm sorry I was late. I thought we were going to close the bar around two. Then we got this big group of Japanese bankers came in, and all they want is these big flaming drinks. And one of them got sick. The whole uh, kind of p- plot line of this episode is that they they live two different lives. Steve works at a bar, so he's working like eleven to three a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, she works a normal nine to five or whatever, and um, and it makes it very difficult for them to see each other and and have sex and be romantic because by the time he gets back, she's exhausted. She wants to sleep, and then she has to wake up early in the morning, and he's like four hours into like an eight hour slumber. Um, but what they've been doing is waking up in the morning and he's been having sex with her. She doesn't want to have sex in the morning. I'm concerned about morning breath. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that doesn't seem to bother them, but it's yeah. all I can That's think about. suspension of disbelief. That's TV and movies. No one yeah, ever worries about that. Yeah, they just roll over and yeah. start sleeping together. I, I, I don't know. Maybe not to this extent, but I think most people have experienced, you know, the early flush of a relationship where you, you're you both have your own lives and then your schedules have to somehow include seeing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you might miss out on sleep or you might not get to do the things that you normally do, but you you concede that because you want to, you know, get busy and and see the person and, you know. And what's interesting is Miranda's complaining, like, I don't want to lay and cuddle. And Charlotte's like, to, to Charlotte's credit... Everyone wants a boyfriend who's going to cuddle. Like, yeah. we all complain when we're single, but then now that you have someone, now you're complaining. Like, yeah. what is, what's the matter? This is the grass is always greener situation. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's yeah. like, you're not in a relationship, you want to be one. And this is, I mean, I feel like this is a great characterization of the Miranda that we've come to know and love, which is that she is just always complaining about something. And it's not that she doesn't have reason or right to complain it's just that you know she's always looking for that perfect situation i don't know if she can ever find it yeah um and and she does have a legitimate point of view but like what what's so great about the two of them is that i think steve being so laid back and so into her and so just like wanting to make it work that it really highlights that she makes issues out of really nothing. And yeah. it's like, this is a, like, to your point, this is a dude who just wants to cuddle with you and hang out with you, and you're, you're kind of making a mountain out of a mole. I want to say one thing in Miranda's defense. Please. Say it. Yes, Steve's adorable and sweet and just wants to spend time with her. But I get a lot of that from you too, Alec. Yeah. Where I you're like, adorable. but I'm so cute and I love you and I just love you. And I'm like, but I actually have to learn lines. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And in Miranda's defense, I think there's, you know, I understand the feeling of, like, the, there's the some clever voiceover where Carrie's like, she didn't feel like a successful lawyer because she 
she won the case, but she was left with all the damages or whatever. Because, like, yeah. she, Miranda made her point. She kind of won her argument. Steve left so she could get her sleep. But then she's, like, kind of lonely. Yeah. But in Miranda's defense, Steve, yeah, all Steve wants to do is love her. But she she also shouldn't have to give up her entire schedule all the time. Yes. That's she true. should yeah. be able to get he, her fucking he should make dry cleaning and spin. Like, maybe he could go to her spinning yeah, class right. with her. You know what I mean? Like, there's give and take. And I just feel like it's... I, I think what the episode means for us to do is to look at Miranda and go, Miranda, you need to learn how to be flexible. But, I mean, maybe so does Steve. Like, just because he's so, like, laid back doesn't mean he's not... Doesn't mean he's actually budging. Well, yeah, but also to take it to a real place where... It's not a TV show and things have to happen in order for conflict mm-hmm. to um, take place. I think in real life, if you're Miranda, you just like, you're busy a couple days. Mm-hmm. You're busy a couple nights. You can't. Yeah. So then you get back on track and then that's how people date. And then you right. see the person when you both can. And yep. so I think, yeah, just like running into each other all the time and just hoping it's going to work out schedule wise. Yeah. You're going to run into problems quickly. And maybe she knee jerk reacted too quickly. Yeah. But like you're saying, you do that. Yeah. Everyone's going to be tired at first. Yeah. But, because I'm sure Steve in the morning when Miranda wakes up at 7 is like, I went to bed three hours ago. Maybe he's, you know, he's probably tired at that point, but he gets up and wants to make some whoopee. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe Steve does win. You're right. Here's a stray observation about that and, and being an adult is, you know, if I had watched or when I did watch this episode 10 years ago or whatever... And she's laying out her Saturday, and she's like, I gotta spin, I gotta drop off my laundry, I gotta go to the grocery. Ten years ago, I definitely would have been like, that sucks. That's a terrible Saturday. But when I was listening to her, I was like, that's a good Saturday. (laughs) Saturday. Get your laundry done, get your groceries. Like, I, that's, you have really done it. You have, like, really. I think that was our last Saturday, minus the spin class. We worked out at home, but we, like, ran errands. Yeah. I'm like, she's, yeah, she does not have time to cuddle because, like, we have adult shit to do. (laughs) She's going to have a great time doing it. (laughs) You got to get that shit done. So, Steve, like, you really want to be a part of this or not? Like, you want to stay in bed? That's great, but I have things to do. Do you want to be a yeah. part of this party? I I often like think about a, a lot of times what people deal with in LA and a lot of like my friends and and people in this the circle of people that we run with. Yeah. You're you're competing in two different feelings. One is being a kid and loving like being creative and just staying in bed all day and sleeping to who God knows when Getting it doesn't matter. Getting some dumb brunch and yeah, buying and just a like Blu-ray. Being silly and fun. And then, and then there's that like responsible adult and like I want to like you know have a savings account and get my laundry done and be responsible and I feel like in LA probably this is probably true of New York too and, and a lot of places where there's like dense population especially people being creative is that you are constantly fighting these two different versions of yourself mm-hmm. the responsible adult and the kid and I think that it's important to try and, you know, find a middle ground between those two things. And Steve and Miranda, in some ways, are the personification of those two interests. You yeah. know, Steve is is holding on, like, being a bartender and just, like, be chilling out and not worrying about that shit. And Miranda's the opposite. And that what, that's what makes them such a good couple is yeah. that they, like, even each other out in yeah. that sense. Hey. What? When I think teacher, what you said, <laughs> leave those kids alone. Hello. What you said about being flexible, yeah, I think it's interesting. And to your point, Alec, I think 
you can live in a in um, uh, the hustle and bustle of Los Angeles or New York or wherever these places are, and you do have that mixed sort of bag. And um, what I think is interesting is running into people and people in your friend group that are you know, some people that are very like spontaneous and mm-hmm. very like go with the flow. And and then you have people that are very regimented and very scheduled. And what I find interesting is a lot of times the spontaneous people, they have a schedule too. Mm-hmm. But they just go, ooh, I don't have to do that right now. Yeah. I can do that later. And schedule people are like have to do that right now even though arguably they don't. Right. So sometimes you'll say – you'll text someone or call someone, hey, can you do lunch? It's like, oh, I have to do this thing and then I have to do this thing. And when you really know the person, you might go like, do you have to do that thing uh-huh. right now? Or are you just not, <laughs> right. does it give you anxiety to stray from your oh, routine? Right. That's a yes. good point. Whereas I come from more of a place where it's like, I love having things to do, but at the same time, I love having the ability to go, I can change that and move that. And I don't even have to tell that person that I did that for them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I just show up to the thing and they think maybe I had the whole day open, but I didn't. Right. <laughs> That's what makes yeah. you a good friend. Yeah, Thank you. that's true. Oh, that's actually beautiful. Um, so it does feel good to do that. It too. does. Yeah. Just to go. It does. Oh, whoop, yeah. I'm gonna move this thing. Yeah, life goes on. Here. Yeah. yeah. Daniel literally did that for us tonight. Did he? Yeah. We were gonna do the voiceover first, and then we were like, "Hey, can we do the voiceover after?" And he's no problem. Yeah. No problem. He says "la la lu," and who knows yeah. what kind of Jenga, what kind of fucking Tetris Daniel Montgomery yeah. had to perform to be here. That is, and the you won't truth. never hear it from That's him. That's the gospel of you the won't. Lord. It's beautiful. Um, speaking of the Lord, can Samantha. About- yeah. Um, is that what you wanted to talk yep. about? Okay, great. Um, so and um, the fashions. Oh, oh, we will definitely wow. we'll get there. We will get there. I, have I promise you that. Notes. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so Samantha doesn't really have much of a storyline, except that the ladies end up at Drag uh, Queen Bingo, yeah. which is a thing here in LA. Yeah. If you want to check out, go to Hamburger Mary's. That's I think right. it's Tuesday nights. I think you um, might be right they about have that. Drag Queen Bingo, and it's a L- total literally hoot. a block from Matthew's apartment. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, Samantha's there, they're all playing, they're all having their Manhattans and whatnot. N23, ladies! Yeah. I love that cheeky... Does he put it in quotes? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) ladies is in air quotes. I kind of find that hilarious, and most of the time, Sex and the City is actually terrible with, like... Like, they seem like they're really, at the time, maybe Forward, progressive, yeah. but, like, it's you're just like, oh, you're so far off the mark. But I kind of love this drag queen Yeah, style. so, yeah. like, this kind of, like, divine-looking, mm-hmm. like, divine... Divine with a wannabe. capital D. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. Act, the performer divine. Yeah. And so, anywho, they're, they're all playing bingo, and then a, a waitress, in air quotes, comes over. Samantha? Yes? It's me. Brad. Brad Mikulski? Brad was a semi-professional hockey player Samantha had dated a few years back. Apparently, the only thing he was checking these days were his pants at the door. Look at you, Miss Thing. You look fabulous. Oh, wow. Well, so do you. Uh, when did you start doing... Oh, about five years ago. Right after you. <laughs> Maybe Samantha was wrong. Apparently, she could change a man. How are the kids? Oh, good, good. Jake is in second grade. Jake has two mommies. Uh-huh. There are other people here who need boards, Samantha. Take a chill pill, Miss Saigon. Samantha? Well, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Gotta go. Enjoy the game. And <laughs> 23 Bingo! I am so much prettier than him. 
And um, Samantha recognizes her as Brad Mikowski, mm-hmm. a dude she used to bone. And now she discovers that his alter ego is Samantha. Right. And he Why looks very so much disturbed? like her. I don't know. You'd think that I she'd would just be kind so, of be flattered. He says imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and I agree. Yeah. If well, some man I know, like if I found out he was cosplaying Cat Knipe on the side, are you kidding me? Yeah. I would be so flattered. Yeah, that's interesting. But I'm not it's a big a, enough character for that. But I, yeah. for someone to impersonate, Samantha definitely is. But I would be so flattered. I liked Brad McCaskey yeah. as Samantha. One yeah. bone to pick. Oh, boy. Kim Cattrall has this lower lip, like below the lip um, mole okay. on her face. Uh, Brad didn't not. have that right. I, I looked for it. It wasn't Having there. said that, he was a very fishy queen. Yeah. Well, no. I thought he kind of no. was. Hashtag Brad Mikowski RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7. <laughs> no. Um, I don't think he was a no? fishy queen. All right. No. Well, I kind of liked it. Share um, your thoughts with us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that that I guess that mm-hmm. is both the introduction and resolution of her storyline. Because yeah. we don't hear a goddamn thing about it yeah. after no. that. Let's I talk a little kind of bit fun. about fashion. Joe, you want to take the helm? The fashions? Yeah. Well, I mean... Talk to c- me about the, the those... Talk to me about everything you saw. Well, can we talk about Miranda's scarf? Miranda, her neck scarf? Her neck that scarf? That if you take it off, her head's going to fall off? That's all that I could think about. <laughs> That's all that I could she think about. She was wearing like an orange silk, like probably a dress, but we didn't see her standing yeah. up. Blue, like, I can't think, not chiffon, but something. Kind of something. like see-through non-jacket jacket and a bright red neck scarf. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that okay? Tied off in a knot to the side. The fuck it. And she was wearing some. She was really working some serious, like triple hoop earrings. Yes. Um, and her hair and that was spiky was young very, man hair. Yeah, it was very yeah. spiky and very nineties young. Man. Everything, everything that she wears right now, I feel like you would see like in corporate art, like in a yes. Wachovia bank in yes. the 90s, like, oh, except it's yeah. like drawn in pastels. Yes. Like that's everything faceless. that she wears. Yeah, totally faceless. Ugh. And it's like always a profile yeah. and like a hand up. Yeah. Did we notice Carrie's again, she's wearing these awful non-shawl shawls that are like crocheted, but like mm-hmm. giant loop yeah. crochets. Yeah. yeah. Just hideous. There's a lot of sheer, so Charlotte is wearing a sheer top. So much sheer. Where you can see her black bra underneath it. Yeah. But my you, favorite fashions were the was were in the last big and Carrie scene. Mm-hmm. Where <gasps> Carrie is wearing a cookie monster that jersey. Cookie monster yeah. jersey jumper thing. Yeah, with like little basketball shorts. And then mm-hmm. Big is wearing a Matrix floor <laughs> yes. length black like trench coat Fish. with a turtleneck. <laughs> What's happening? Maybe that's a subtle circumcision thing, wearing a turtle. <gasps> oh, no, he wears it other times too, though. That's one of those New York East Coast things that I'm uh, very jealous of is yeah. that I can't wear a trench coat. Yeah. Because Why can't you? You can't pull it off hot. on the West Coast. It's too hot. Even if it dipped into appropriate temperatures, you would yeah. get looks that would say, you can't wear that here. Mm. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, I, you'd get people going like, Oh, what is it? What is it? Is it too cold yeah. for you, Southern California? I'm from New York. Yeah. Do you know how cold it is back there? Exactly. Because, you know, yeah. res- I mean, the real way that you're supposed to wear one of those as an overcoat is like you're wearing, you're also wearing a suit underneath yeah. it. Right. So you take that off when you go places. But in LA, you would want to just wear it into places. Yeah. Yes. And that means you shouldn't be wearing it. I've yeah. often said, like, I feel like, uh, though I love living in LA, 
I wish I could engage in New York fashion because I do love I, I love coats I and jackets and, yeah. and it's like you know at night you can wear it but in, it's you just not going to happen during I'm the day I'm thrilled when it dips below and I can same. actually wear a scarf and a jacket oh, same dip below oh and, and I have to talk and I know I said this out loud a couple times when we were watching the episode but you see Cynthia Nixon's and Sarah Jessica Parker's nipples they're yep. totally nerfing I, I, I wanted to say that you know I you mentioned that you didn't have HBO when mm-hmm. you were in high school but um, I had it on the weekends when I went to my dad's place and, um, you know, there was nothing more exciting than as a show is opening, there's always a disclaimer at the top. And, like, oh, it'll yeah. say, like, violence, profanity, nudity. And when it said nudity, yeah. You knew it was you were like, in this for is, it. This is, I, you know, crack the knuckles. I'm here oh. to stay for a bit. I know. Yeah. You should hear it in the headphones. You remember the first time. Your nipples cracked. Your nipples cracked. Ow, my nipples. I have arthritis. Your arthritic nipples. It's a rare condition. This day and age to read any good news. On the newspaper page. Do you remember as a young man? Yeah. What your first experience was with televised or film nipples? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I do. I was at my friend Eric Pollan's place in the fourth grade, and we were watching Species. Oh, Species. And Is that Natasha, Natasha Henstridge? Yeah, those were my first... That was the first, like, film... filming through the throat. Yeah. yeah. That was the first filmic, filmic boobs. boobs. I, I had seen, like... Paper boobs. Okay. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> Paper mache. Yeah. Um, but I, that was the first time I had seen moving yeah. breasts. How about you? I wish you all could see the hand the gestures that Alec is making <laughs> and the look on his face right now. My first experience with filmic boobs, um, it was my also my first rated R movie. Yeah. With my dad. Um, God bless him for... Uh, Showing me rated R films at a very young age. Yep. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think I appreciated them on um, a lot of different levels. On the right levels. level. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Sure. Yeah. And, um, but it was Under Siege. Yeah. Oh, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal, Tommy Fantastic. Lee Jones. Yeah. Whose breasts do you see? Is it Tommy Lee Jones? Erica <laughs> Aleniak pops oh, out of a cake. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. She was it for like four months. She was it. Yeah. And she pops out of a cake very sexily. Mm-hmm. And I remember sort of being... It was jarring, and I feel like I remember my dad sort of looking out of the corner of his eye at me. Yeah. And in that to make moment, sure you were not a homo. Well, in that, <laughs> it just gauge maybe my reaction. Yeah. But I remember thinking, like, I very much enjoy this scene. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and what was funny is the other day I went to the Arclight Cinemas, hashtag Arclight Cinemas, hashtag Hollywood. Hashtag reserved seating. Yeah. Hashtag no late seating. I went with hashtag Trevor Peterson, another great friend oh, of ours. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we Travis went to Peter. a screening of E.T. Yeah. And Erica is in that film as the pretty young girl. She oh my God, is, you're right. That Elliot kisses in yeah. the oh drunken. Oh my God. And that was like, it, it brought it all back. Yeah. Now, wait, let me ask you one question though. I'm okay. I can totally understand you feeling. How old were you when you saw um, Under Siege? Yeah, it was two years ago. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I want to say I was probably like. Nine or ten years old. So you're old enough then, I would imagine. Okay, if you're old enough to sense your dad, like, shrinking a little, peeking a little, just just yeah. to see, just to gauge you, like, yeah. obviously I was joking when I used the word homo, don't get upset with me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I mean, like, just him gauging a reaction of, like, is he going to be mature about this? What's he going to, you know, yeah. hopefully I didn't make the wrong decision. Yeah. Showing this to my son. Did you then, as a 9, 10-year-old, feel a responsibility to protect your father from, like, your your young half-chub? Or, like, mm-hmm. meaning, like, you know, did you, did you understand, okay, I'd better react maturely about this? 100%. Yeah. I remember my my mindset was play this cool so this can continue <laughs> yes. to happen. Yeah. You're so smart. Because if I yeah. acted weird, I remember playing it way too cool, way too long yeah. into my, like could have asked some questions that ended up getting answered. But like, I remember watching something about Mary with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's a very famous masturbation scene oh. in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then the, Franks and beans. Yeah. And then the, um, to use the appropriate scientific term, the ejaculate yeah. oh. ends up hanging from Ben Stiller's ear. Oh, yeah. Then Cameron Diaz takes it thinking it's hair gel, wipes it. So I remember watching that with my dad. And when it was when she opened the door and it was on his ear, mm-hmm. I started laughing with him. Yeah. But I didn't know why. Oh, sure. Oh, We've yeah. all been there. So... That then, when I realized why the movie became much more funny to me and also slightly unrealistic, but um, <laughs> but yeah, there were a lot of those moments where yeah. I was I wanted to be cool to watch movies with my dad. Sure, yeah, I get that. Sure. I totally get that. Um, by the way, total non sequitur, non related, okay. but I do want to point out we haven't pointed this out every episode that it's continued to happen, and it hasn't been every single episode. But I do want to put on record on tape right now that we had in episode 21 of Carry On, mm-hmm. fucking talking heads again. They did talk to they the camera. They did yeah. the talking to the yeah. camera. It was brief this time. And yeah. I keep, I want to make sure that we remember to say like. Yes, it hasn't ended it hasn't, yet. No. It hasn't ended yet. We're halfway yet. through season two. It's still going. It's still happening. Yeah, with um, the girl saying uh, that. He used to look at other women or something, and then yeah. now, now he has I messed girls. around with his best friend, and now oh that yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. it's that, that episode of Friends. Shout out to Riley, who will who I don't think listens, but will appreciate <laughs> will really appreciate this. Yeah. Which is there's an episode of Friends where Ross gets nervous and starts a class on day one that he's teaching with a British accent. So if we look at the you know trilobite of whatever and he has this really bad British accent Mm -hmm. and then he's like I don't know what to do because like they think I'm British and someone tells him just to phase it out just fade it out no one will notice and the moment like he starts fading it out one day in class and this kid raises his hand he's like yes you there and he's like what's happening to your accent (laughs) like he notices it I feel like this is Sex in the City trying to like we've gone maybe two episodes of that at three episodes and they're like oh yeah we still do this thing we just Chose not to the last few, and then right. they're going to think we just don't notice they're that it ever happened. Over it. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I've already talked about this for way too long. So there's the end. I think uh, with they kind of parallel Carrie and Big and Stephen Miranda, mm-hmm. and it's all under this like twangy, like almost Jeff Buckley, but really kind of like country twang guitar music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I encourage you to go back and listen to that again. Mm. Um, but it's Carrie and Big kind of deciding to negotiate and come to a level playing field, which mm-hmm. I think is important. Yep. Especially about Steve telling Miranda to look at the moon. How can yes. we not talk about that? That was one of the things that I thought was um, the nature of walking to a payphone, paying money, 
calling mm-hmm. someone, yes. hoping they'll answer. Mm-hmm. They do answer. It's two in the morning, just to tell them how much more romantic that is uh. then than it necessarily would be now. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It's the effort. Yeah, there's well, a lot and going on. Right. All you have to do now is like fart and pick up your phone <laughs> yeah. and be like, what? if it had happened today, you can accidentally butt dial someone them now. would have emoji to moon yeah. and two eyes yeah. looking at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram a picture of it. Hashtag yeah. the person. I was thinking yeah. about like ro- grand romantic gestures and how sad it is when they go like when if she didn't answer her phone. If it's 2014 yeah. and her phone is on silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the next day they're hanging out and Steve is like last night I tried to call you and yeah. she's like oh yeah I saw your missed call and he's like. And she's like, what did you want? And he's like, oh, it was just like the moon or whatever. And I just wanted to like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, that's cute. And then like moves on. Yeah. How those gestures are so amazingly romantic and grand when they actually take place. This is the yeah. kind of moment that when Miranda's like 87, she will remember clearer yeah. than yes. yesterday. Like She She'll, won't remember what she had for breakfast yesterday, right. but she will remember every word they yeah. both said when Steve called yes. her at 2 in the morning to tell yeah. her to look at the moon. Yeah, the, I know. But we, we yes. miss those moments a lot of the times. Yeah. She'll be 87. Right? They'll be trying to find the Titanic. Yeah. She'll be recounting <laughs> yeah. her love affair. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. She'll show wait. her grandchild a picture of her drawn breasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inappropriate. Um, like, they're, they're, I, I think it just grand romantic things like that, how I guess they are what they are because they could have gone a totally different way. Yeah. Like, I always yeah. think of, like, that scene in Love Actually with the car holding up the thing oh. saying, you're perfect. I she just, could have been like, like what if uh, they were out to dinner? Or, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, what sure. If, what if they didn't, what if they said, no, we don't want to answer the, like, there's he all He just has thing. to walk back with his boombox yeah. and his And, like, signs. come again? Like, right. yeah. figure How out many a, times do you show up and knock on the door? <laughs> the logistics of trying to figure out Do you call your friend window? to figure out yeah. when they're going to be home <laughs> and when he's going to be wrapped okay, up watching TV? Well, you know, like, you should let her answer the door sometime. Yeah. Like, well, what is it? Almost what has, has to, to happen? It almost has to look effortless, even though it's taking so much effort, yes. or else it's not romantic. Because if we see him at any point trying to figure out how to do it and when to do it, then it seems kind of like weird that yeah. there's right. so much thought put into yes. it. Yes, exactly. well, it's like, it's like in The Dark Knight when Batman interrogates the Joker, what happens is. Commissioner Gordon takes the Joker into a dark interrogating room. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just going to leave you in here. And then he leaves, and then the lights come on, and Batman's behind him, and he hits him in the head. (laughs) And it's like, wait a minute. So... Like, Batman was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait in this dark room for a minute. Yeah. And you're going to bring him in here. Don't give me away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, when you think about it like that, it's so yeah, lame. Yeah, there had to be a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Or any any movie slasher who has to... That's what's so yeah. great about... Um, Joe, have you ever heard of or seen the movie? There's a movie called The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, uh, that is about, it's a mockumentary, but not, it's not really supposed to be a comedy. It's funny, but, um, it's about these people following around in, in the world of the film, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers are real people who existed, who like murdered a bunch of people. So this guy, Leslie Vernon, he wants to be the next Jason Voorhees, Michael Mm. Myers. So he's taking this documentary film crew around and showing them, he's like, 
he's like, do you have any idea how much cardio it takes <laughs> that I have to do to be yeah. able to stay yeah. caught up with someone who's who's running and I'm just walking? Yeah. And he's uh-huh. like, there are 18. He's showing them this house. He's like, there are 18 different entrances and exits to this house. There are four windows up here. And he's like mapping out all the things he has Genius. to do. Yeah. And he's like, do you understand? Like, he's like, I know when she's going to leave work at her diner to go take the trash out. And she puts a brick in every night at this time. So... I attach a thing and I pull the brick out so the door slams shut. She's going to look around. I'm not going to show myself. I just need to do this a couple times, plant the seeds so mm-hmm. she's getting really freaked out. Yeah. Like, and it's... It's the theatrics it's, you're yeah. like You're like, but it doesn't look cool to do all no. that. You yes. know what I mean? But, like, to it show takes the that effort. much effort. To mm-hmm. see the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this to say, good for you, Steve. Good for you, Steve. Yeah. Playing it right. The, yeah. the universe, the cards, just everything aligned yeah. perfectly. Speaking of everything aligning perfectly... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Yay! Thank you so much. I'm glad we it did it. It was a joy. It yeah. was an absolute uh, pleasure. And this was. was this was a really good episode. Yeah. yeah. To um, watch. If you're listening and this is your first episode, what were you thinking? Go back to episode one and listen. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter at Carry On Podcast, you should be. Um, you can write us an email at carryonpodcast at gmail.com or whatever. I mean, whatever. Um, we're on Instagram at Carry On Podcast. And sometimes I post really Facebook? fun stuff there. We're on Facebook. And some of our... We actually have fans like around the world who've been responding to us. And we'd yeah, love to hear from us, you if you care. Write us a review on iTunes. Those are fun. And we'll yeah, give you a shout out. We will. I will read your iTunes review on air because of like love reasons. Joe, where can we find you digitally? <gasps> oh, we, you can find me at Joe Gillette. And that's spelled exactly how you would imagine. Okay. And uh, and also on Instagram at Joe Gillette. And I cannot encourage you more to go to YouTube and it's Joe K. Gillette. That's correct. Two L's, two T's two in that E's. last name. But I need to encourage you to go there now uh-huh. because um, he's uploaded a really deeply funny... I don't know, Alec, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but there's um, a really great... What is it? Red Cross? Yeah. Spot that Joe did um, where he's playing the dickiest lifeguard yeah. you've ever seen. Ooh. And it's so funny. And it's it's all Joe because it's all improv. And he's so funny. And you can also see there are videos of you singing and playing yeah. music, right? It's very confusing. He's also one of the most ridiculous musicians. Like, so good. He, he does covers of some of your favorite pop songs and he has original songs that will break you apart so go if you care about that sort of thing which i don't know why you wouldn't you should go look him up we're gonna go watch it now yeah yeah um and until then carry Carry on. on